2: Welcome to another episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Cap Bailey, and this is episode 626. I'm joined this week by Entertainment Reviews Editor, Alex Stedman. That's me. What's up? Also, our community lead, Jada Griffin. Hello, everybody. And special guest and returning pal in the froggy chair, it's Imran Khan. Hello, hello. We have a great panel here. We're going to be talking about the Splatoon 3 previews, the first look at Harvestella, Gamescom news, such as it is. And we're going to be taking a look at Nintendo franchises, where they stand right now. We're doing a tier maker, folks. It's going to be lots of fun. Uh, Reb, Pear, and Seth are all in Gamescom right now. Seth apparently is having a tough time of it. So I hope he feels better real soon with the regular panel. We'll be back next week. So we'll be getting to all of that in a moment, but first, here's what's happening in the wonderful world of Nintendo. Masahiro Sakurai is starting a YouTube channel. Sakurai is officially becoming an influencer. He wants to talk more about game development. He's so wholesome, and I really enjoy that.
3: Um, I'm so happy this is happening. <laughs> the, the The first couple videos he's put out have been fire. They've been excellent. Like they're short yeah. and to the point, and it's very just informative. Like I'm super excited to see how it kind of uh, evolves over time.
4: I think one really good thing about it is that a lot of things people think are sciences, like oh, hit stop needs to work this way. He, mm-hmm. he straight up points out, like, this is an art. This is a thing that works sometimes yep. one way and sometimes another way. It depends on the game, depends on the developer. And I think that's an important thing to get out there so people who aren't game developers don't act like they're experts in it.
5: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm also very curious, though. And do like, do this and talk about this. Um, but we may never know that.
4: He says in he the says- first video that mm-hmm. he needed their approval for the yeah. footage. He doesn't say anything about content.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. He says that uh, you know it's purely his channel, so it's not Nintendo backed or anything. But anything that's like behind the scenes, like art or development docs and stuff that he'll share, those are run through Nintendo before he gets to show them off. So, yeah,
2: interesting. An actual heir to the Iwata asks legacy, Masahiro Sakurai, a man who has a healthy respect for Games Legacy as d- as shown as by the time that he sat and talked about Fatal Fury for like two hours just because he <laughs> likes it so much. I-, I thought it was great. But he also shared his final Smash Brothers screenshot, RIP. He's been doing that since 2019. Um, Dis- Disgaea 7 has been announced and apparently the characters can become uh, kaiju. They can become very massive. It was announced for Japan, but has not yet been confirmed for North America. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Multiverses was the best-selling game in July, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was the best-selling Switch game, though admittedly, they didn't have a lot of competition.
4: Yeah, July was a pretty... I mean, not not to take away from Multiverses, because 20 million people yeah. in like a month is a very, very impressive number for a free-to-play game. Uh, Xenoblade, it was kind of just Nintendo's only real release in july i mean live alive was the biggest competitor but i think i think it was a little screwed by having to be so close to xenoblade but yeah it's it was a fairly dry month for both our for competition but they did do well in a vacuum
3: i mean i mean let's be real do we need more than one massive rpg for in a month like like july like it's the perfect time to just dive into Xenoblade. It, there's nothing else to distract you from it, so like, it's kind of the perfect game to launch in the uh, the summer drought. Uh, I love my big RPGs, so it's a perfect mm-hmm. time to launch it.
5: That's a really good point, Jada. And it's like it's the summer; people are doing other things. We don't need a ton of competition, you know.
2: As a resident RPG liker, I say more RPGs, more RPGs, always.
4: Yeah, I, it, I mean Nintendo <laughs> obviously thinks so too because they moved the game up from September. So presumably, they did also think, yeah, it makes sense to just have a big RPG in July at the end of the summer, or middle of the summer, I guess.
2: Moving up games so hot right now, um, because Gotham Knights was also moved up. It's not a Nintendo Switch game. We don't care about that (laughs) game. But uh, Monster Hunter Rise has broken 11 million units sold worldwide, with Sunbreak going at 4 million. Playing it right now, it's pretty good. And finally, happy anniversary to GoldenEye 007, which was released 25 years ago today on August 25th, 1997. And middle school Cat is feeling all of the emotions right now because I sure did play a lot of GoldenEye, though I was always the one getting blown up
3: by the proximity mines and facility. I mean, it was it Goldeneye if you weren't playing Proximity Mines on facility, like that was the main mode, and then it was, you know, all slaps, no odd job. There's like hiding in the vents. There's just so many classic things about Goldeneye. Golden back in gun. The day. That golden was so gun. Yes. I love yes. Golden uh, Gun. Man. Uh just paintball mode just for fun. like, because everybody mm. unlocked paintball mode because that was the like the easiest like cheat to unlock. Um that and was it called big head mode or was it called DK mode? I DK can't remember. Yeah. It was DK mode back in Goldeneye, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. man, so many memories, so many sleepovers, so many friends. <laughs> I
4: remember my uh, mind being blown at the idea that like you could fail mission objectives, that like it wasn't mm-hmm. just a you die and the game over. It's yeah. you didn't quite do a thing correctly. Ergo, you didn't get through the level like in the ideal manner. Like, I no, I'm sure that was happening before that, but I think that was my first exposure to it.
5: Yeah. It was yeah. my first exposure to a lot of things. It came out when I was really really young. Um and I'm not like a huge FPS person, but it is really like the first FPS that I ever really played and I feel like it's that it's
2: that for a lot of people. It's so funny to think that the fir- the FPS that showed that first person shooters could be done effectively on console was on a Nintendo platform <laughs> of yes. all of things.
4: <laughs>
5: And I will say, not to get all entertainment reviews editor on you guys, uh, but there is a documentary out this week called uh, Golden Era. Apparently, one Pear Schneider appears in it, and it's all about, hmm. you know, GoldenEye 007 and its rise and its impact on the FPS scene. So I might try to check that out this weekend for a little nostalgia. Uh,
2: I think it's so, I mean, talking about the entertainment side of things. I always thought it was funny that GoldenEye came out like two years after the original release of the 1995 film so not only was it a licensed game it was a licensed game out that came out extremely late yeah mm-hmm. yeah
5: and who knew james bond would
2: have like such a big impact on gaming? <laughs> <laughs> i know that from my vantage point i did not care one whit about james bond mm. until goldeneye the, came out on n64 I and mean, i was like i have to see tomorrow never dies I have to play these. Uh, I have to play the new game. Why isn't the new game as good as the N64 game? It's just not as satisfying for some reason. Um, so I, I, I think that maybe the, the current generation of GoldenEye owes a lot, randomly, to this N64 game from Rare.
4: I know I watched I watched GoldenEye because I, I was a kid. I had never seen a James Bond movie before. So I actually like made a point to watch GoldenEye a couple of years later. It was like... This movie's not great. I like the game a lot better.
3: I, I <laughs> I think I actually, was all our feelings at that age. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought James Bond was a video game character for <laughs>
5: about the movies.
3: I mean, kinda, yeah, it's how, kinda it is, of kind of is, right? Yeah, it was one of those things I bonded with my grandfather because he was a big James Bond fan. So it was like one of the it was a really cool experience for me to be able to, like, share that I love this game with my grandfather who loved the movies. And so, like, it was just an awesome experience growing up.
2: Your cat take for today is that GoldenEye actually wasn't that great of a James Bond film, but everybody remembers it fondly because of the N64 game, and I guess Sean Bean dying.
3: Yeah. I mean, isn't that normal, though?
5: He does do that. He has <laughs> it a, was, a was novel at the time. That's his
2: thing. It
3: was it's novel at the
2: time, yes. <laughs> I, I remember watching GoldenEye and thinking, this is all right. I actually like Tomorrow Never Dies better than, uh, mm. than mm. the original GoldenEye. But uh, yeah, happy happy 25th anniversary golden eye it was a, a bygone era maybe uh, it would be nice if we got the the remake but in the meantime we can always have fond memories of playing four player split screen at like 12 fps on the nintendo 64. all right we'll be getting on to gamescom announcements in just a second but first here's a message from our sponsor <laughs>
0: Shopify.com slash realm.
1: Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, newsmakers? I'm Evelyn, the host of Repin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. Listen to Repin wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, folks. Gamescom happened this week. There were announcements, but not a lot from the Nintendo Switch. There's a lot of stuff for uh, the other consoles, I suppose, that if you play those, I, I don't. play other consoles? Um, um, the top
3: story, I think, Pokemon-themed Mini Cooper. Huh? huh? I am what? all for it. I'm all for it. I've, I've been saying for a while my next car was going to be an electric car. I just didn't realize I was talking about a Pokemon car. <laughs> it just did not... <laughs> Cannot wait.
5: The Gamescom announcement, though, kind of, like, initially confused me because I watched it and I was like, I don't know what this is. They keep on saying it's a Pokemon car. <laughs> it is not until I, like, looked it up after where I was like, oh, it has a projector, which I actually think is really cool. I could use that to, like, watch movies and stuff, too. Um, but I'm kind of like... It's a novelty, but I'm not against it. Like, Yeah.
4: If I were in the market for... A car right now, I would be. I would strongly look at. Okay, what if I bought the Pokemon car?
2: Yeah, <laughs> what if I bought the Pokemon car? <laughs> I, I have some issues with this car. First of all, it's not yellow, mm. and it doesn't mm. have a tail. What is going on here? If if you're going to make it green, then it's a kind of a white with green trim. I think they do want real human beings to buy this thing. I do like yeah. that it. Lights up and
3: glows for some reason. I mean, yeah. even though it's an electric car, like it, it's a, it's Bulbasaur themed. Like, yeah. there's no without a doubt. Like, this is that is a big selling point for me. Bulbasaur is my number one Pokemon. He's number oh, one in on the it? Pokemon list of all time. Like, he's oh. just he comes first. He was the first Pokemon. Like, he's the original. So were you a
2: Bulbasaur chooser when you played oh, Pokemon? Yeah. Back the day? Wow. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I. I, you know, my first playthrough and then every subsequent playthrough, I would trade with my younger brother and we'd get all three and start with all three constantly. But uh, Bulbasaur was always my go to. So I was a Charmander.
2: What about you, Amron? What did you pick?
4: Uh, I think the first time I went through was Charmander. I've gone through all of them at some point or another. But Charmander is the one closest to my heart.
2: How about you, Alex? Or, or, or are you a Pokemon fan? Oh,
5: I love. That. Let me move a little bit so you can see my little Vulpix in the back. Uh,
2: oh, nice.
5: Yes, but I always choose the Firestarter. Um, I wish I wore my Firetrainer oh, yeah. shirt today, but yeah, Charmander always the Firestarter.
3: Team Firestarter. Oh, yeah. right <laughs> to to <laughs> like, so you know we're like you were saying, Gamescom's going on. Not a whole lot going on. I went to Games last time. I went to Gamescom was like two, three years ago, but I took a vacation ahead of time because that's just the smart way to do when you're covering these events and I took this little guy with me this little bulbasaur guy Aww. I took him with me all around Europe so I have pictures with him in Rome, Venice um, Milan, Paris we're up at the top of the Eiffel Tower like there's just it was a, it was being bulbasaur vacation it was amazing it was <laughs> such a fun time and just like propping him up and taking all pictures of him there's probably more pictures of him than me on my vacation.
2: Apparently Rev brought Business Pikachu with her. Yes. She, took mine.
4: Come. she left hers at the office, so she's like, Can I just take my yours with me? She's like, all right, fine.
2: The plot thickens. <laughs> I spotted it during uh the opening night live coverage. It was sitting there with uh, Joe and Matt Perslow uh while they were so I was like, Okay, business Pikachu is also on the job. That's why our opening night live coverage went so smoothly.
3: <laughs> He's working. Uh, He's got a lot of yeah. work to do. <laughs> I mean, he he saves, he charges all their phones. It's it's just, yeah. it's so nice. Oh my God.
2: Wow, that's perfect. Exactly. Oh, do you think um, there's
5: ample chargers in the Pokemon car? There has to be, right? Oh, there's going mean, to There better yeah. be. Yeah, I would
3: yeah. assume so. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's just wireless charging. I just want my phone to be in my car and it's just wirelessly charging my phone while it's in it. <laughs> <laughs> we are in 2022. See. Make it happen. Come on. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're we're all in California. They just announced recently that all gasoline cars are going to be banned by like twenty thirty five. So get that Pokemon Mini Cooper while you still can. It's going to be a hot item.
5: I mean, is there but, like real quick? Is there anything that's Pokemon about it uh, outside of like the Pikachu inside? No,
2: think <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of it. So it's kind of a marketing stunt. Right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. why. The, there was a Pokemon VW bug once that was kind mm-hmm. of Pikachu-themed okay. uh, that I do that think had, the, had tail. the tail and everything. Yeah. yeah. There's also a Pokemon Airline, which was kind of cool. I saw but, Yeah, I've always wanted to ride the Pokemon Airline. Pokemon <laughs> like, knows how to branch yeah.
3: out. They know how to, you know, get the—they know how to market their stuff. <laughs> they sure do. I'm amazed yep. at how much
2: hay we managed to make out of this Pokemon themed Mini Cooper. But on to like actual news that was happening at Gamescom. Uh, we got a new Sonic Frontier trailer. Uh it's going to be out November 8th. Um I think that opinions have been a little mixed mm-hmm. on Sonic Frontiers. And I'm just wondering, like, are we feeling more positive about it now that we know a lot more about it since this new trailer? What are your thoughts, Imran?
4: So the it looks fun. Like doing a heavy story trailer, I get the feeling that they're now trying to market to the Sonic, the recent Sonic audience of people going like, "Hey, when's the next time Sonic's gonna focus on story?" And this appears to be that. I have noticed people online talking about, and they've been showing videos that the uh, the footage for the Cyber Courses, which is the the ma- major reveal of after Summer Games Fest of like traditional Sonic courses. Uh, people have been pointing out the level design is exactly the same as previous sonic games like literally exactly the same so i get the feeling and this is also based on how i when i played it at summer games fest these are just things that like they were making a traditional sonic game or they had leftover concepts or ideas that they are just kind of shoehorning is maybe not the right word cuz that's not really how game development works but like they're just inserting kind of separate Sonic levels into this game, just going, all right, here's your traditional Sonic stuff. And that's, I think, going to feel very separate and different and might not be great for a cohesive feeling for this game.
2: Yeah, I I mean, there's... I like the obstacle courses. um, in uh, the. it reminds me a little bit of a a Sonic adventure, that kind of thing, that kind of very
3: technical gameplay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's very common in game development where... You know, in previous games, especially with franchises like Sonic, where they build something, it doesn't really fit with the current game. They save it and use it in the future game because, like, why waste that time invested into that that development? Um, but also, you know, Tamron's point and to other people have been pointing out that some stuff being identical, it could be done well if it's meant to be like an homage, kind of like how Generations, you know, kind of really brought the series um, and showed the best of the the past and the best of the the current um sonic and so like we'll have to see how it kind of shapes out but yeah it is definitely a little questionable based on what we've seen so far but i am cautiously optimistic still Um, i don't know if this is going to be like in my running for my personal game of the year picks but um i am a big sonic fan so i am looking forward to giving it a shot when it comes out
5: about it uh one of the Mm. things that kind of like bothered me about some of the things i have seen is that like the sonic specific things like the rings and the hoops it looked like kind of out of place with the big like breath of the wild-esque world that they had so i feel like in this trailer it all looks a little more fluid um so that makes me feel a little better i really like the voice acting i liked seeing amy so i'm i'm gonna play it i'm still kind of on board
2: I'm out on it. I don't really want to play it. You're out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I don't care. I, I, I've i never been a big 3D Sonic person anyway, going back to the Sonic Adventure games. I'm firmly camped 2D Sonic because old. Um, I like Sonic Mania. I think that was the last Sonic that yeah. I genuinely enjoyed. I still think Sonic 2 is my absolute favorite And I I played this one at Summer Game Fest. I was not extremely impressed by what I was saying. Looking at the B-roll, it looks all right. I think the obstacle courses are going to be a good time. I don't really care for the uh, the actual overworld gameplay. It feels pretty uh, artificial. I think uh, Imran was using the word uh, shoehorned in. So I, I don't mean to be... Super down on Sonic Frontiers, it, it might be okay, but I think it made a kind of a bad impression right uh, from the start. To be
4: clear, I think yeah, that game's gonna be bad. I'm just not sure if it's gonna be bad <laughs> and fun. Like I would I'd be fine if it's bad and fun. I just don't think it's gonna be good.
3: <laughs> I mean As long as it's functional, yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. As long as don't we give us Sonic 06. Just don't give us Sonic 06 again and we're good. <laughs> I just want Sonic it's like a Sonic succeed. mystery box, right? Is yeah. it gonna be functional? I don't know. <laughs> I just want it to be good. It's not going to be, but I want it
5: to
2: be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever the case, I'm sure that it's going to have uh, a healthy following because that is what Sonic is all about. We have a little more Gamescom news, and then we're going to continue on to Splatoon 3 and Harvest Stella in just a hot second. But first, another word from our sponsor. All right, a final piece of news from Gamescom Return to Monkey Island, which is coming out first on Nintendo Switch, has a release date, September 19th. Very cute little trailer in which they were kind of introducing the concept of the game, giving us um, snippets of the actual gameplay, and promising horse armor, of all things, a callback uh, to that old Oblivion DLC joke, which is a very old joke, but this is a game for very old people. Uh, who enjoyed Secret of Monkey Island back in the day. Lots of controversy around the actual uh, art design. I'm into it. Secret of Monkey Island was always trying to be at least a little bit cartoony, and I think that is a piece of this. Uh, What do y'all take? Are you excited for Return to Monkey Island?
5: I mean, I don't play it. Yeah, same. I don't play it, but it looks cute.
4: Yeah, like... I like that Ron Gilbert has been holding on to a, a horse armor joke for 16 years. Just being like the the next time I get a chance I'm going to make this. It's going to be great.
3: Yeah, I uh, yeah, that I mean that 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 joke alone has almost sold me on the game just because I love the idea of just horse armor just sitting in your inventory. You probably won't even get a horse in this game. So like it's <laughs> even more apparent that it will be completely useless and they tell you that it will be useless. Um but it's great. It's a great kind of I know, like the style and just like the very campy kind of uh, comedy that this these games are known for is just excellent. So, I'm looking forward to this one.
5: Yeah, it looks very like light and fun, you know. I'm not I'm not mad at that.
4: Yeah. and There's not a whole lot of time for us to really build expectations on it cuz like like you said, it's coming out in a couple of weeks. So, the next time I probably think about this game will be when I get code or whatever. <laughs>
2: Well, speaking of coming out in a couple of weeks, we got our final round of Splatoon 3 previews. Um, IGN's Splatoon 3 preview is up. It was done by the great Luke Winky. And they said, Splatoon 3 is not a triumphant conclusion of a trilogy or a dramatic reset of the canon. Basically, it is pretty incremental. And that is a, a, a kind of a feeling that is echoed across a lot of the coverage. With this game, I'm curious. Uh, we also got to see Splatoon three during uh, today's Nintendo Treehouse event. A lot of gameplay, specifically from uh, the single player. And I'm wondering, how are we all feeling? Is being incremental okay, or does this need? Did it need more of a kind of a leap forward?
5: I'm broke, don't fix it, kind of gal. And I don't mm-hmm. think Splatoon is broke. Like I'm perfectly
3: okay with this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I... Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, Imran.
4: Well, I was going to say that I I was playing Splatoon 2 recently in, like, anticipation of Splatoon 3. And just remember that, like, the games are fun. Like, that's just the main thing is that they don't really... I, I don't even know really where you would take it. And I don't think the market really cares that much about how you really move forward in, like, with full sequels. There's really been a time where a shooter has been actually had to revolutionize the genre to be popular and accepted and fun. I think this game is probably going to maybe more than most Nintendo titles be a bit more incremental, but it's fine, I think. I, I doubt most people are going to care that much.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was literally playing matches last night. Like, there are still so many people playing. I think it took me at maximum 30 seconds while waiting in a lobby to play a match. Like, and Splatoon 2 has been out for years now. Uh, So like that's just showing the dedication of the fans and like I was playing with people that I'm like mid level or whatnot for my profile but I was playing with people high level people low level like middle like me like it was so many um, people playing it was great and like the core gameplay is so excellent like we're getting what. The big Splatoon fans are getting what they want out of Splatoon Three. We're getting new weapons. We're getting you know better training modes. We're getting uh, there's like new mini games with the, the little Tetris thing that's going on. For our people who are watching it on YouTube right now, um, like it's really cool. Like they're adding little incremental stuff that's gonna like be kind of like just hey, I, I want to play some Splatoon Three, but I don't really want to jump into a full ranked match or anything like that. I want to play something a little more casual um, for today, just to kind of wind down after a long day at Gamescom. Come um, like this is the type of stuff is going to be great for those types of days. Um, but yeah, like I, I think, I think it's, I think they're doing what they need to do with Splatoon three. And like Alex said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, there's, it's such a strong game. They're at, and I think I read that they're moving the online service to like Nintendo's home servers or whatnot. So like, it's not going to be peer to peer, which is going to be great. The the new, uh, I I believe there's like the the new uh, app for the for chat is supposed to be improved for Splatoon three. They're adding in game replays. There's so much good stuff that they're adding into Splatoon three that a lot of big shooters don't even do. Like, there's no, there's no like. Oh, let me go look at these replays in Call of Duty or Battlefield. Let me go replay, watch the replay of these last f- 10, 20 matches that I played, so I can see where I messed up. What, what can I do better? What could I have done better? And not only that, let me watch my opponent from my opponent's perspective, so I can see what they did, so I can try to get better. Like there's, there's so many AAA games that don't do that. Like. Splatoon Three is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I'm all in for this one. Um, this is a day one for Jada. This is this is this is a Jada game.
4: It is uh, still peer to peer, by the way. They they are doing some server adjustments, but it is not like okay. they're not massively rehauling the way online works.
3: Okay, cool. I was that's why I said I said I believed I read. So I will thank you for ver- uh, verifying that before right, for yeah. me, Amron. But still, everything else though cannot wait.
5: Yeah, Jada, you made a good point, though, about, you know, not having to jump right into a ranked match or anything. One of the things I really like about Splatoon overall is how low the barrier to entry is. Like, I feel like you can play it really casually. You can be really intense about it if you want to be. And I feel like they're not changing that.
2: If it ain't broke, don't fix If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell that to EA because uh, <laughs> they've been, doing, they've been, they've been uh, breaking fixed things uh, since the very early days of their sports games but i'm gonna do a little bit of an early question block from for y'all this is from gabriel martinez who has a three-part splatoon question the first question they have is why are so many nintendo fans afraid of splatoon are they afraid of splatoon i don't know about that but if i were to kind of guess um if this is a a is this a thing and b if it is a thing maybe it's because uh the aesthetic and the uh, the the shoot the, F, the so the third person shooter gameplay is a little bit of a departure from your usual uh, Nintendo stylings.
4: I don't think people like the games sell very well. Like I I mm-hmm. think Splatoon two has outsold every Halo except two or three. One of them. Like they they're <laughs> lol extre- like they they're, great. I they're love extremely that. popular video games that I think what happens is Splatoon isn't talked about that often because it is a game where. A team can just be better than another team, and if you were going in just like just to have fun and not really care, then great, you're fine. But if you're someone who really doesn't have fun if you're losing, then you can go into in, in Splatoon and just have a terrible time. And I understand that from like that's just competitive games in general. But I think that is one reason that a Nintendo audience that is just not not super used to that lack of uh, randomization introducing equalization essentially. I don't th- I think they can go into that and just not have fun playing that game and that's why it doesn't really get talked about that often. I matches mean, go by so fast though like So yeah. fast.
2: Like five five I enjoy or it or something. Uh, I
4: yeah. if I don't if I I don't go in caring if I win or lose, I just go in there having fun. But there are some people and I I've played Overwatch people like this that if they don't win, they rage quit. They leave immediately. Boo hoo.
3: <laughs> I mean maybe maybe these people that, you know, they're afraid of it. Just have uh ch chap I can't even say it. Chapha <laughs> I don't know. I can't talk today. It's a hard word, guys. It's the fear of octopuses. I don't know. Um <laughs> uh, maybe people are just afraid of octopuses, squids, those types of things. Obviously, yes, they're inklings and squids, not octopus. Uh, or octopi. But well, the uh, octo kids are in this them. one.
4: You can play as this The octo kids game. are, yes, yes.
3: Exactly. So maybe that's maybe that's what's keeping them away. But yeah, I don't think like everyone said, this, Splatoon 2 is such a, a well-selling game. And I think it is bigger in Japan than it is here in the U.S. Um, yes, but, big um, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, to you the know, point where they turned it into like
2: an eSports thing over in yep. Japan.
3: Yeah, I think it maybe it's just the fact that, you know, most people wanting to play shooters in the U.S. are more apt to play Halo or COD or Apex or anything like that or Fortnite, you know Fortnite is such a huge one for the younger audience and especially in the u.s that it's kind of hard for splatoon to kind of break into that audience um and take away that kind of that that shooter um uh gabriel
2: also wants to know rock paper or scissors rock be- yeah splat- the Splatfest is going to be uh you choose. Well, I mean, rock, if you guys are all going rock,
3: then I'm going paper. So Wait, I no. Win. I'm going <laughs>
1: scissors. <laughs>
3: oh, Jada, I was a... picking rock. I mean, because I'm—I mean, I'm—I'm a, I'm a scissors type of person. Like, you know, just you know, you can use the scissors and eventually chip down the rock. Eventually, yeah. Trusty
4: old rock never fails.
3: Yeah. Imran <laughs> stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> didn't just do I didn't steal
4: I went to the next line. Stole stole my Simpsons <laughs> reference.
2: All right, we've got one more. Question from Gabriel in just a minute. But first, one more word from our sponsor. All right, Gabriel finally wants to know: Fry is the best new
3: idol, but can she ever be better than Pearl? What are your What's your take, Jada? I got to see more. I got to see more. Fry looks amazing. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what they're doing with the idols this time, um, uh-huh. and. Uh, Pearl is, Pearl's classic though. Pearl's classic Splatoon. Like it's, she's been around for a while. She's got a lot of fans. I hope they do a Splatfest where they literally do allow us to pick between all the hosts from like, just do a like a month long round Robin of all the different uh, Splatoon hosts.
4: So when they showed like, when they were doing the, not this Splatoon direct, but the one before it, they were talking about like future DLC expansions a little bit. And they showed a silhouette of Pearl and Marina. So I assume mm. that that future DLC is going to be like Pearl and Marina come back to do whatever.
3: Oh, That'd they're going to do a podcast. They're going to do a podcast on the side of the normal Splatoon like airings. <laughs> <laughs> but, like they're too mainstream. Yeah. They're too mainstream. We're 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 at the underground. That's what that's what Pearl and Marina is going to come back and do.
4: They turn down so- the Spotify money for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: My own take is
2: that I have kind of was alluding to this previously, but I think Splatoon 3 is going to be a little bit like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, in which there were both games that came out when the Nintendo Switch launched, and they're getting more refined, maybe improved versions five years down the line. And uh, when the Nintendo Switch's user base is much, much bigger, it's going to appeal to the folks who are just looking for really good looking third-person shooter, arcade game, that kind of thing. So I, I think it'll do extremely well. And actually, I personally am looking forward to it, not the least because of the um, the actual single-player campaign. Um, but as Luke was pointing out in uh, his uh, preview, lots of work being done on the margins. You can choose spawn points on the map. Squidlings can fling themselves up and over walls with a squid surge, while squid jump lets you quickly uh, dart out of the ink, while still in squid form, uh, so it's been always been a, a I want to say deceptively uh, skill based game. Uh, there's a lot of very technical gameplay in mm-hmm. uh, this one.
4: Yeah, I I do think the reason a lot of people are focusing on the iterative nature of this game is that people are not used to the fact that Nintendo now... It's not the same Nintendo that said, we don't do a sequel unless we have a revolutionary new idea. I think it's Nintendo that goes, this game sold really well. We should make more of this game. And I, <laughs> I, I think that is flipping some people who are like, where's F-Zero, if that's the case? And the answer is F-Zero didn't sell very well, so they're not going to I'm sorry.
2: F-Zero yeah. would never sell as well as Splatoon. Yeah, that, yes. that's the thing. It's, yeah.
4: that, it's not that they're against the idea of iteration at this point. It's that they're really for the idea of money.
3: You know what? Let's get to do F Zero, but all the racers are the Splatoon kids, and it'll sell gangbusters. <laughs> that would there actually do Nintendo. really well. <laughs> that would do extremely well. You're basically
4: <laughs> describing Mario Kart Eight of like because <laughs> the Inklings were in that, and yep, you did have the F Zero tracks.
3: Yep. Well, there you go. Nintendo see they've already done it, so <laughs> they've already done F Zero. It's called Mario Kart Eight DLC again,
5: and Mario Kart Eight is great. So mm-hmm.
3: hey, they know what they're doing.
2: Last thing, uh there's a table turf battle, um which is a magic the gathering style throwdown, so people have compared it to Gwent. I have no idea what this is all about, but apparently uh it's good part of the emphasis on customization overall, with a bespoke collection of table turf cards being the tip of the iceberg. I'm intrigued. I don't know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the
3: heck this is all about. Yeah, this is literally- intrigued. Yeah, it's one of the things I was talking about a little bit earlier. But yeah, like they showed off some of like the the grids and stuff that you're playing on. Like standard is like a like a Tetris box, like rectangle. I don't know why I call it a Tetris box. Rectangle is a shape that everybody knows, but you know who knows. Um, and you're just kind of throwing cards down that have very specific shapes of paint, and your goal is to cover the most ground while blocking your opponent. And I imagine you're, it's probably going to be something like you have like a limited number of cards you can play, and so whoever is the most strategic about dropping their cards on the different fields because they show the rectangle and then there was a like a cross shaped one as well in one of the the teasers or trailers um, I think it's gonna be really cool I think it'll I think it will do well I'm very excited to try that out but I yeah. love strategy stuff so
4: I'm not usually one for deck builders but this looks fun and it looks like it looks like a way to when I'm playing matches and I'm getting tilted or just like I want to break or something <laughs> a fun thing to just do on the side.
5: Yeah, and that's yeah, one Splatoon thing I really like really... about Gwent 2 and The Witcher 3. Like, you didn't have to do it. It was there if you wanted to, and that's I like that option.
2: Yeah, that's a nice thing about Splatoon 3 is that there are always a lot of options. You can do Salmon Run, you can do the single player, and now you can do, apparently, the variation on Gwent. Speaking of RPGs, though, uh, we also got a fresh look at Harvestella as part of the Treehouse. I don't know if any of you saw it. I was watching... Fair amount of it. Looks a lot like Rune Factory. It's quite pretty, has a good soundtrack. I don't know that I have a whole lot to add about this game, other than the fact that it's kind of a nice and pleasant surprise. And I think that it will go over well with a certain segment, specifically people who like anime and lifestyle simulation games. I love the
4: idea of there being an (laughs) evil season you have to kill
2: death
5: season. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. Whenever they, I'm like a big like harvest moon girl and like the idea of like growing crops and fishing. And I, I love games with the fishing component. I don't know why I just always get hooked on them. Well, also like fighting monsters. Like that (laughs) sounds, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. (laughs) But no, I, I'm kind of here for it. It looks like a good, Farming, fighting, anime aesthetic kind of thing. I'm, I'm here.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I, I'm a little lukewarm on it, um, but maybe it'll be better. Uh, it looks a little basic in terms of the uh, the actual mechanics and everything, and uh, the world is interesting. Um, it's nice. looks cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm kind of playing a wait and see with this one. Square Enix yeah, has think- been pretty
4: binary recently of, like, either this is such a good idea or wow you guys didn't put any like real value into this game at all and so like i don't know if this is going to be like a live alive or a chocobo racing but we'll see
3: we shall see you're the second person i've met that pronounces chocobo as chocobo so I, uh i'm glad that you're not the only <laughs> i'm glad i'm not like crazy yeah. and remembering that memory wrong in my head from like somebody i knew in high school that pronounced it chocobo so um no, thank you, It's not not a, not a knock. I was just, I was like, thank you, because I thought I was going crazy with that memory of somebody else pronouncing it that way.
4: Yeah, all my Final so. Fantasy pronunciations are from when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, this is clearly, it's, it's clearly Ramu. What, like, what else would it be?
3: Yeah, that, well, that was me with, like, Zelda. Like, uh, like, the Deku was always Deku for me. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the Deku Forest, because uh, oh. that's where you get decked, you know? That was...
5: <laughs> I called Bowser browser until I was, like, 12,
3: so... <laughs>
2: My same friend who introduced me to Goldeneye was very insistent that it was pronounced Sephiro in Final Fantasy VII. So,
3: yeah, Uh, that's Sephiroth for everybody else out there that didn't draw that. It didn't draw draw that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, amazing how people get to where they go. All right, (laughs) let's do a little quick, uh, a little more of a question block. This question is from Patrick who says, it's a refreshing breath of fresh air to see the delightful Sakurai share his enthusiasm and passion for games again. If when Sakurai announces a new game project, what time of game or IP would you like to see this developer take on next? Best wishes to Seth to feel better soon. Thank you, Patrick. What are your thoughts?
4: So the end of that video where he, like, uh, shows what games he has worked on, it mm-hmm. just, like, it says TBD, next project. So I don't know if that's actually, like, that means he started working on something or he is you know just kind of saying I don't know what I'm doing next but the obvious answer I think is Nintendo is probably gonna want a new Smash Brothers at some point it makes he I don't think he's ready to walk away from that series uh i really personally loved kid icarus uprising i think that game is great i think there's a lot of issues in terms of how the fundamental controls work but the game itself is fantastic i know the development of that was very hard on sakurai himself like he he has said that game is just a thing he does not want to think about in terms of how hard it was to make but i think if he went back and made another like action shooter or action game in general i would really love to play like play one in a better development environment for him
5: yeah, I, I'm really curious if they're gonna make, you know, another Smash at any point soon. Like, I really mixed feelings about that idea, because I love Smash Ultimate. I think it's a near-perfect fighting game, and I don't know if we need more anytime soon, but then I also kind of miss when we got new Smash stuff,
3: so I go back and too. forth. On it all oh my the gosh, time. Multiverses is not no, it's, it's not, the not same. a substitute. <laughs> no, it's good, Multiverses is good, but it's yeah. definitely not the same as playing Smash with your friends. It's very different kind of experience. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're used to getting one Smash per generation, so I guess, I mean, Sakurai's at least got until they announce whatever next console Nintendo does, so. Mm-hmm. We got some time at least, um, but I think I'm with Imran. I would love to see something in the vein of Kid Icarus, some, something along that style. That is definitely where my mind, my brain, initially went. I was like, "That's what I want to see." Soccer, I do. He did such a great job with that one. Yes, controls were a little, eh, but um, I, I think Kid Icarus needs a better chance to shine in the eyes of Nintendo fans. Like it's been around for so long, and it's not gotten the attention that that series deserves. But you know, other people will be like. Well then, Earthbound needs to get a new game too because Earthbound's been around longer. I'm like, well, how's it though I mean, the Are difference I is that both?
4: the person who makes Mother games doesn't want to do anymore, and the person yep. who makes like uh, the person who makes kid Race slash Fast Mother slash all that stuff wants to do more of those things. I I paused during that because I realized Sakurai has a lot of genre breadth, like more than most developers mm-hmm. and directors. Like he's mm-hmm. made platformers, fighting games, racing games, like. He could yep. just do, it. like, if he wanted to make it a puzzle game, Medios is fantastic. Like, if he wanted to just, mm. if he had an idea somewhere that he wanted to do, I'd welcome, whatever he makes, basically, I'm pretty sure would be great.
5: Yeah, and I think I it would agree. make a lot of sense for him to move away from a fighting game for a while, because he's been on Smash for so long. I imagine that's kind of, like, creatively stifling at some point, and he has so many other chops, like,
4: yeah. show. He, he said before that, like, Ultimate was, like, his goodbye to Iwata. So I imagine mm-hmm. there's like a cathartic feeling with just being done with that game for right now.
2: Yeah. He, I, I think that he's going to take a break. He's going to step away from it. He'll work on a different project for a while. And then he will come back and he'll be like, all right, I'm ready to, ready to do more smash brothers. Let, like, let's go. Yeah. Like,
3: you know what he's going to do? He's going to come back and he's going to make a Waluigi game. Yeah. Something nobody, <laughs> people have been asking about for smash. He's like, I've got it. I've got Finally. the idea. I know how to make, a Waluigi game now, and that's what it's gonna be. I don't know what style or genre it is. Maybe it's a Waluigi puzzle game where all the shapes are Ls, who knows, Or upside down Ls, who knows? But- At long last,
2: (laughs) uh, finally giving people what they want, a Waluigi game.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I will say though, I'm also just here for the Sakurai Influencer era. Like, if you just wanna be a YouTuber for a while, be a YouTuber for a while, you know? Do your thing.
2: (laughs) Well, our next segment, we're going to take a look at where Super Smash Brothers and Splatoon and many other Nintendo games kind of stand in the great uh, kind of circumstances of Nintendo's tiers. But first, word from our sponsor. We've been talking a lot about Splatoon in this episode, one of the newest of Nintendo's IPs. And one of the questions that comes up often is it's one of the fastest risers in Nintendo's kind of collection of franchises. It's Malu. but where does it stand? Is it a top tier Nintendo franchise? And that's why we're going to do a quick tier maker. I'm going to put various Nintendo franchises into S, A, B, C, and D tiers, just as soon as we, ah, here we go. Uh, I tried to make my own tier maker list did not go well, so we're going to borrow one <laughs> that I found here. Um, I would say that Bayonetta. Caveat: I don't really think Bayonetta is a Nintendo franchise. It's actually technically owned by uh, Sega. And some of the missing ones, some of the notable missing ones are uh, Nintendo Switch Sports slash uh, Ring Fit, which I would I would personally put into the um, the A tier at least. Uh, Excite Bike, Wario Land, and the uh, Mario Sports games. But otherwise, we have quite a few good ones in here um, including mother twice <laughs> um, <laughs> mother mother um, and so I'm wondering if we look at these uh, these tiers where would we put splatoon
4: are we talking sales or quality or a combination of both I mean like importance to I would Nintendo. say
2: like just instinctually, like think about it. It's like okay, if Zelda and Mario are S tier, and I, I think we would we would kind of assume like these are the games that are going to drum up the most excitement, the most interest. Um, mm-hmm. Are going to be the, the games that everybody's talking about. The, they're the standard bearers for Nintendo. What about the rest of the uh, the rest of the franchises out there?
4: I think I if mean, we're I talking think- like a hypothetical E three like pop, mm-hmm. I would put Splatoon probably B tier. I agree. Like, especially like,
5: yeah, pop culture impact and like, you know, excitement, like Splatoon's good and it's always there, but like, yeah, I feel like.
3: I don't know. I think if we think of it, you know, like worldwide, I think it's got to at least go in the A with Japan, how big it is in Japan. Like maybe it's through through the lens of the U S yes. I could see it definitely be kind of a B tier for those reasons. But I think globally, I think Splatoon deserves to be in that A tier personally, like it just it does a lot of things right it sells really well it it's it's a pop culture thing in you know a big portion of the gaming world
4: I do think if we're like factoring in sales then yeah that does move it up a to a or maybe even like lightly brushing up against s
2: I think it's an a tier uh, franchise personally. the fact that yeah. it started in the Wii U uh, first mm-hmm. of all that's amazing that yeah. it managed to pop that hard and it's just the freshest. That Nintendo's been in years, and I think it's really notable that when Smash Brothers Ultimate was introduced, it opened with the inkling.
4: Yeah, like that was the first no. thing that we saw.
5: Oh, I had never thought about it that way. Really good point. Yes.
4: I do think with like with it starting on the Wii U, one of the things that like is actually impactful when you think about it as a as a series is that was the game that showed that the Wii U gamepad could do some cool things. Like it came way too late, like that. The Wii U was already a failure by that point. But it did show, hey, we actually had some ideas for this thing. Here's one of those. And that's like if they keep keeping that series in that same level of freshness, then I think it does kind of go up there in the maybe A tier.
2: Let's put Splatoon into the A tier then. Uh another another one is Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh previously, I would have put this in maybe the B tier, possibly in the C tier. Mm-hmm. Does Xenoblade Chronicles deserve to be in the A tier now? Um uh, I would say it might it might actually deserve to be
3: up there. I mean it's kind of Nintendo's biggest RPG franchise now? <laughs> is it? No, I I, I think I mean Fire besides is much Pokemon. Bigger. I mean you've got Pokemon, you've got Pokemon Fire Emblem, Fire
2: Emblem Xenoblade. But, that's where
3: it yes. goes.
4: Like how well Xenoblade does. And that is their uh like they go off that in terms of how they think other JRPGs will be successful. So I would I could see B tier. I wouldn't be like against B tier, but I think in terms of Nintendo's own view of that series, they might put it closer to A.
5: I do feel like it consistently does really well. Like it may not be to like always talked about, but every time one comes out, we're talking about it. So right. I would put it in A.
4: They're million sellers, which is not a thing you would say ten years ago about that series. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And it has right. long just yeah, put it in so, the A
3: tier? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I'm, you know, when it originally launched on what the Wii, it was a very limited release and it wasn't like a massive thing, but it's found set a new life um, on the Wii, on the Switch. So yeah. I, I agree. A, a little RPG sure. that could.
4: They put a <laughs> lot of money in Xenoblade Chronicles X, which they would not have done if they were not confident in it. I
2: think that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Yeah, I agree. Nintendo seems to just really like what uh, Xenoblade Chronicles brings uh to Nintendo Switch Monolith Soft has consistently been a, a technical kind of like a top tier technical studio for the Switch mm-hmm. and it I, I think it attracts a domestic audience over in Japan and uh yeah I, I think it's good um we were
3: talking about
4: Smash Brothers earlier also
3: I and mean, I mean it's S tier yeah With the amount amount
4: of money they put into it and the amount of return they get, like, what is Ultimate at, $25 now? Mm -hmm. Like, that is, if we're putting Zelda at S tier, then Smash Brothers is right next to it.
5: And the community just maintains itself. It's always going to maintain itself. It's just so strong. It's such a strong franchise.
2: So we would put Animal Crossing in S tier as well. Yep. Yeah, probably. Yep, throw it
5: in
3: there.
2: (laughs) After New Horizons?
3: see animal crossing yeah. i feel like is more a tier for me personally like I, it's great it's a majorly successful game um but i think it's also it gets a little caught up in doing the same thing over and over again a little too much um for me personally to where like it wouldn't be an s tier for me i love my animal crossing island i visit it once every six months but you know other than that <laughs> my villagers that they they do fine without me so for it's one of those a
4: it's one of those games that I think like circumstance decides because mm-hmm. Animal Crossing New Horizons without the pandemic probably would not have been a cultural nope. like touchstone. But it there was a pandemic and Animal Crossing like, New Horizon raised that series into a level that it had not hit like by multiple – like by an exponential factor. So I think mm-hmm. in this case, I think it moves up to S. Like, but if in a different alternate world where New Horizons just came out, sold as 15 or 12 to 15 million, then it would have probably stayed an A. I,
3: also, I mean, but also, I,
5: you know. I would put Dallas. some respect on original Animal Crossing, too, because that was one of my first, like, big mm-hmm. GameCube Cube games. Like, that was my middle school, basically. Um, so I, as much as big as New Horizons was, like, Animal Crossing was big before then, too.
3: Oh, yeah. No, Animal Crossing has always had its moment to shine, for sure um i mean if you look at the series as a whole it's done well um but i feel like the original entry and the latest entry are definitely the high are definitely kind of the peaks of the series for me personally
2: really not the not the ds version for example which uh, i think is held in uh, the 3ds version the the 3ds version i
3: think is held in very high regard that one is also that was also another peak you are correct yes i did put a lot of hours into that one
2: if it got announced, if a new animal crossing got announced tomorrow, what do you think the hype level
4: would be? pretty high, I think I think that's yeah. that's the kind of thing that would like there's days where like say a Pokemon presents just takes over Twitter. I think a new animal crossing would take over Twitter for like a week and Boy, it would, would it probably get mean sell very pretty well. heavily yeah,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, yeah the amount of,
5: like, non-gaming friends I had reach out to me about New Horizons and, and, like, say, like, I'm getting a Switch just because I want to play Animal Crossing. Like, I've never seen that happen with any other game. And, yes, that was probably a lot because of the pandemic. But, I mean, that w- it was just so huge.
2: We'll be ranking some more Nintendo franchises in just a second. But now, our final break. All right, welcome back. We are in the midst of ranking... Nintendo franchises in tiers based more or less on popularity, um, how hard they're hitting um, at the moment. Uh, We've said that Mario, Zelda, Smash Brothers and Animal Crossing are in the S tier, while Splatoon and Xenoblade Chronicles are in the A tier. I'm curious, does somebody else want to throw one out right now uh, to put on the list?
3: I mean, Pokemon. Pokemon I feel S like that's an, uh, yeah, yeah. Obvious Pokemon obviously S tier. Yeah, I mean that's an easy one. Let's 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 knock out the easy one. That's it's, there in the list. Like it's
4: the biggest IP in the world. Like
3: yeah, yes. Earthbound I mean, S tier.
4: Uh, if we're know. talking popularity, I would put it probably B. It is, it is incredibly culturally B-tier. influential.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Like ah. it is, but I don't like you're never. We're not going to get another Earthbound. Like Itoy has said he is done with that series, and he like the series does not exist without him. So I think like Earthbound's uh It would influence... be trending
2: on Twitter if Earthbound got announced tomorrow.
4: Right. If Earth, then... But I think it would be uh, like let's say Earthbound and Deltarune come out the same day. I don't think Earthbound's had the chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deltarunes is directly directly influenced by Earthbound. I think Earthbound would destroy Deltarune. Kat, you're your I think Mother
2: Four. Mother Four would be a massive deal. I, I mean, think... first of all, I mean, the amount of, like, people don't shut up about Mother 3. People were obsessing about Earthbound and the original Mother coming out on Nintendo uh, Switch Virtual Console. And it's been so influential on indie games kind of across the board. I think that just the legend of Earthbound is enough that if Earthbound, the, the new Earthbound were announced, if Mother 4 were announced for Nintendo Switch, it would be trending. It would be a big freaking deal.
4: That depends on honestly a bit of like what that game would look like and what it, like the, the val or the production value they're putting into it. Like if it were a game that looked like, remember those old Mother 3 GameCube mock up shots? If it looked like that, I think it would be probably, I would agree with you. But I think like if it stayed the way it like has looked in the past and was like a contemporary to Undertale or whatever, they're, I don't. I see people popping up for it, but I would not assume it would. It it would be up there with like. I d- it definitely wouldn't be in the S tier. I could maybe see the argument for A. I'm mostly feeling B.
5: I would actually agree with B because like, and also we talked about you know how much Nintendo values you know Blade Chronicles. It's not really <laughs> valuing <laughs> Earthbound, and I do feel like its fan base is really oh. vocal, but it's not maybe as big
3: as you might as it seems well i think we're just gonna have to be at a 50 50 split because i'm with cat i think mother 4 coming out would just be massive i think it would reignite the fans hopes and dreams like you look at what metroid dread came out and did like we haven't really had huge metroid like resurgence like we did last year with dread Mother 4 would do the same thing. And then that would start to give people more hope for F-Zero once again. So, like, Mother 4, <laughs> like, it's kind of a linchpin. If we got another Earthbound game, like, it would be so massive. It, it It's almost equivalent to, like, Half-Life 3, like, uh, with its yeah. legend and type of thing. Like, it would be so massive. Like, if Half-Life 3 got confirmed tomorrow, that would trend for an entire week. It would be S-tier on almost all p- PC-tier-making lists. Uh, I think Mother is almost in that same vein. I well, you know, I would, I would out, agree like,
2: and I would go as far as to say that not only should we put Mother in the A tier, we should move Xenoblade down into the B tier <laughs> because I think I think Mother is a a, a tier above Xenoblade Chronicles. Well, okay. I'm sorry.
4: Okay. Let, let me ask what what sales do you expect from a, like a, a hypothetical Mother 4, which is I agree we have to really kind of gin that up in terms of imagination to kind of guess what that would be.
2: But like it kind of depends as you were saying. Like if it were a 3D mother game, uh, I think it would do extremely well if it looked a lot like a you know the OG Earthbound or, or more of like an indie RPG kind of situation. Then I'm not sure, but well north, well north of a
4: million. Okay, you know,
2: probably into three to four million range. That so I don't think, think Chronicles Three it. did fine, but I don't think it did that amazingly
4: in I, sales. I think two push two million. Definitive Edition, mm-hmm. I think, was 1.5. So like. I would probably put Mother around there. Like yeah. Jada mentioned Metroid Dread as a like very anticipated huge pop-off kind of game. Mm-hmm. That game capped out at like what, 2.5 million, I think. Yeah. Is where we're we're sitting at mm-hmm. with it now. I don't I see Mother maybe hitting the same ceiling.
3: Yeah, I believe I agree with that. I think it would probably cap out around anywhere from 1.5 to 2.5 million. Um, but I mean that's that's a lot of units, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not Smash Brothers numbers. It's not Pokemon numbers, but I mean, it's still a lot of units. And that, I think Nintendo would consider that a big success.
4: I think I would buy, like, if you guys were selling A, I'd buy A, but I don't yeah. think it moves Xenoblade down. I think it's, it's maybe a contemporary at best.
5: Yeah, I would, I wouldn't argue with A just for the legacy of it, but I would argue with us and I wouldn't put it above Xenoblade
3: Chronicles. That's where I would land. Wow.
2: Yeah,
5: I well, keep
3: Xenoblade in the A. Sorry, Kat. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on that <laughs> no, that's same fine. boat. That's fine.
2: I consistently underrate Xenoblade uh, to the Dutch uh, to the anger of our fans. So the question is let's which keep, mother? Let's, the
3: gold. <laughs> gotta go gold. Gotta go gold. gold. Would go Gold mother. Gotta go, gotta go gold. <laughs>
2: uh, um on that no, we were just talking about Metroid, actually. Mm. Metroid Dread, it was a big deal. I I think Metroid Prime, sneaky big deal. Yeah. yeah like Mm-hmm. When Metroid 4 Prime Four comes out, if it's good, I think it'll be a huge <laughs> deal. Yes, exactly. They, yeah, they um, know
4: they know Metroid yeah. is like a huge that, that is a, an E three pop because they they did mm-hmm. it twice, yep. like they did it with Metroid Prime Four and eventually with Metroid Dread. I don't, I wouldn't put it in S because it just doesn't do that well in Agreed. terms of sales. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. Prime Three or Prime Four is gonna do, I'm sure, better than previous Prime games. Like that that ceiling yep. is well past, but. I don't think it'll ever hit anything that's in the S tier.
3: No, yeah, I think it's an A tier for sure. It's a B
2: plus game, or B plus, A mm minus. Yeah, yeah. I
5: think there's an argument that could be made for S tier just in terms of, like, impact and longevity. Mm -hmm. I will not make that argument, though. I think It's a very American-centric
2: point of view, though, because Japan just does not care about Metroid. (laughs) That's true. Which is so
3: crazy, but... Yeah. But yeah, I'd say... I think it's A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah,
4: I agree. A because of Prime mostly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Dread was a great game. I like oh, they Dread still have the chops, game. but like, oh, for sure. I don't think it'll ever be. It's people always assume that it, like big Nintendo three or Zelda, Mario, and Metroid, but Metroid's never really had like a sniff of how successful those two series are.
3: Yep, mm-hmm. it's definitely the redheaded, uh, you know, child of the family. I think Mario Kart should be S tier. Yeah. Yeah,
4: oh yeah, (laughs) we're at forty-five million copies. So yeah, yeah,
3: there's. I mean, we're never getting another one. So like, it's (laughs) gonna, it's just gonna keep growing. Mario Kart Uh, is the
5: only game I've played with my Midwestern parents. So I think that, like, just like the accessibility of it, there's a lot (laughs) to be said
4: for Mm it. I remember Mario Kart Wii taking over my college dorm room.
5: (laughs) Yeah, oh, I was a double dash girl back in the. uh, Apparently, (laughs) I'm talking about the GameCube a lot in this episode. But yeah, big double dash girl. (laughs) Mario Kart Eight.
2: Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8 boosted Wii U sales to the point where people were actively looking for the things Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah. that, that game is platform agnostic people love Mario Kart it's like S plus tier almost mm. uh, does
3: anybody want to shout one out uh, Star Fox I think mm. that's a C tier for me like it's, it was such a big thing <sighs> yeah. but it's been such a it's, it's, it's been in the doldrums for so long and we just haven't really seen it raise to the heights that it could Reach. Yeah. Like, I want Star Fox to be a B, A tier. Please, please be but... good, Star Fox.
4: If we were only yeah. talking about Star Fox 64, it would be A or B, but we're yes. not. Yeah. There's a long, yes. long series that is just not meeting its, its potential. It's been so
2: bad lately. I, yeah.
4: stick at C. I think
2: it goes yeah. in D tier. I'm sorry, Star Fox. Uh, no, not D tier. Just D-tier.
5: because, yeah.
3: No, Star Fox 64 was too good for D. I, I, okay. Assault Thank you, Alex. Command. I knew you were my best friend. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> between Star Fox Adventures, Command 64, and Assault, those were all solid entries into the Star Fox line. I think it, those, those four alone help it keep it out of the D tier. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah.
5: But it's, yeah, it's, it's been dormant for too long.
4: I think D tier is like Mario Party, which again <gasps> what? That's successful. No, Not way. great no. video games. Are you kidding me? No, mm. well, I, I legitimately think you stick Mario Party at like the D tier. Those are games Ooh. that
3: like they they at are sometimes a. fun. At least a hater. <laughs> I think Mario Party is a C tier. That's a. I think it's I think a. It's a I, I think it's a B tier. Are you kidding me? I think it's a strong I think it's a strong C. Like, maybe a B, I could see the argument for B, just for the longevity of the series. But let's not forget, like, every other Mario, Parter, Mario, Parter, every other <laughs> Mario Party is, is excellent. Yes, every other Mario Party is excellent. And the rest of the, the ones in between are, they're okay. They're fine. The one with the like, car
4: broke me. I was like, no, I'm, I'm done with the series after that.
3: He, yeah, the car one was not great. The, and then we had Superstar Rush, I think, on the DS was not great like you know it's it, it's a it's a BC tier at best for Mario Party well, who's playing Mario Kart- Mario Party over Mario Kart at these parties like, that's the big oh, thing. Who get two <laughs> people get <laughs> too competitive. People,
5: because I'm too good at Mario Kart, so no one will play with me, so we play Mario Party.
2: <laughs> I I have a lot of resentment to Mario Party, because back in the day, when it came out in the original, Super Smash Brothers came out at around the same time as the original Mario Party. Mm-hmm. We'd play Smash Brothers. And I'm like, I want to play Smash Brothers. And they'd be like, let's play some Mario Party. I'd be like, how dare you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you turn off Smash <laughs> Brothers for this?
5: <laughs> I think it depends on the crowd. If you have a crowd of people yeah. who really don't game, Mario Party is the most accessible.
4: Right. And every but time also I see like, a, yeah. It's accessible for the same reasons I think it's kind of a bad game, where they, they're afraid, not afraid, they are unwilling to make anything particularly interesting or complex. And so they end up making like, they end up trying to innovate around the edges, and we end up with things like the car that just make Frey worse board game overall.
5: Yeah, but it sells also. It sells. It's reliable. It's a priority. Every time I'm, I say I'm not going to get the new Mario Party, I get the new Mario Party. I'd say, oh, I would yeah. say it's at least B.
4: Yeah, I at bought least the last the reliability, two, it
5: will. But it's like, like the loan.
4: Taco Bell of video games. It's like, I'm buying this, and I'm eating it, but <laughs> I don't feel great about it. <laughs> it's the best compliment <laughs> you can give it. I love Taco Bell.
3: I'm just saying, like, you know, I played a lot of Mario parties growing up. And then during the Wii era, I played this amazing little gem called Dokapon Kingdom. And that completely changed my perspective on what a board game with like somewhat mini games or what can look like, like it just, I feel like Mario party needs a big shakeup for their, their gameplay and their design around it to really modernize it from what we got in the 64 days, because I mean, it, really hasn't changed much, other than we get more The most recent Mario Party minions. was really good, though. Right, I, I oh, no, it is. It ex- the, the most recent that, one is excellent.
4: That's also not an argument for it changing much, because that most recent Mario Party is popular because it's the old stuff.
5: I yes. also just want to point out that we've been arguing about Mario Party for so long <laughs> that one of my lights went
3: out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes in the C tier. I'll, I'll accept C. I will accept that as well.
5: But uh, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs>
2: Well, we were talking about F0 earlier. I'm curious. Like, okay, We were saying, like, whatever, F0 wouldn't do that well. But there's a big, strong F0 contingent out there who would would really take offense at that and will probably be yelling at me in the YouTube comments. Mm -hmm. So
4: where do we put F0? I think it's solidly B tier. GX was great. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. has been nothing there since. Uh, every time they they drag the corpse of F Zero out for like Nintendo Land or something, it's been like, oh yeah, I remember F Zero, and I never think about it again. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, dragging the F Zero corpse out is the best way to describe that mini game from <laughs> Nintendo Land. <laughs> yeah, because it was not; it was by far one of the the worst mini games on Nintendo Land, unfortunately. I mean, nothing was as good yeah. as the Donkey Kong one.
2: Nothing was as good as the... um, Luigi's Mansion one was my favorite. Animal Crossing one. Animal Crossing Sweet Mm. Days was so Mm. good. Or as I like to call it, Puke and Run. (laughs) I I, I like F-Zero-ish.
4: I never cared for it on the super Nintendo that much. Cause I think the, it, the
2: mode seven graphics were kind of like, eh, good music though.
4: I think if they announced a new one or a remaster of GX, people would be like amazing, incredible yeah. pop. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. But then like that YouTube yeah. video, like trailer would get like 500,000 views and then that's it. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think it, okay. When, uh, so when we had a quote from somebody talking about the possibility of F zero, like a year ago, it was in an interview over on IGN.com. They were like, Oh, You know uh, that ended up trending on Twitter. You know people Mm -hmm. were excited enough about the possibility of an F zero.
4: I I I personally think it's in the same area as like Mother of like there's a very vocal enthusiastic audience for it, but the actual sales like breakdown for it will probably not be that huge. I would I could see the argument for A. I would probably put it B.
5: Yeah, I think it's just like it's a little. I would put it below mother for sure. Like, I think it's that same kind of thing where it's got a very mm-hmm. vocal fan base. I just don't know how huge it is and how much
2: that translates into sales. Well, let's put it into the B tier and actually we're out of time for this week <laughs> oh. on Nintendo voice chat. We're only halfway through the tier maker. So we're going to have to turn this into a two parter. Well, we'll return to the topic next week and maybe we can get pear and we can get Seth, maybe Reb to
4: uh, weigh in. You're leaving Golden Sun here for Reb to come and, like, argue for the S tier.
3: Uh, Yeah. And it's going to be a lively discussion. I tell you what. We should start with it in the D tier just to mess with her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, Kate, please make sure to uh, save that for us so that we can return to it. And then, hey, Nintendo voice chat fans, I encourage you to go make your own tier maker list of Nintendo franchises. And also, tell us where you think Nintendo Switch Sports and Ring Fit and all of those and the Mario Party games and all that deserve to go as well. Alright, that is it for us this week. That's uh, Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast and submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. Thank you to Alex In Imran and Jada for joining me this week. Had a lot of fun. Great episode. Thanks to our Thanks to Kate in the control room. Oh, sorry. Thanks to our friends in the control room, Kate on the ones and twos. And most of all, thanks to you for hanging out with us. And remember, NFDC is the only place you can get the thing. Get the thing.
1: Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history, like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories and other hot-button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.